Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. The Secret to Success Law of Attraction podcast is a lot different from the secret to success. Now, the energy is the same. I guess the message is the same. But this is what I call esoteric or what is called esoteric. This is the real side of me. I had to learn business. I had to learn how to adjust to this system and this society. But I never had to learn how to be God. I never had to learn how to remind you that you are. So in this podcast, uh, my favorite, my most transparent and where the light flows for me the most, that's what you have here. It doesn't matter if you rate it or like it or anything, because who is here is who is here. But I pray that you find the light in you, the gift in you, the power in you, and the love in you. And 
remember, you don't have to grow up. You simply must be who you came here to be. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plant better. You can dominate. I want you to prep yourself in this conversation now. You, you all, this is our esoteric time. This is where we get to that stuff that law loves. Today we talk about the truth about manifestations. Now, I will tell you this here. If you are here, you have absolutely attracted this moment. I don't know what you expect. I don't know what you're thinking. I do know that you're supposed to be here and hear this because almost everybody has manifestation incorrect. More than likely, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would tell you that 96% of the world does not know how to manifest anything deliberately. Antonio, where are you getting that number from? I'm glad you asked. 1% of the world controls 96% of the world's income. Another 3% controls the other 3% of the world's income and has a sense of financial independence. It's different than financial freedom. Financial freedom is exactly what you think that is. Financial independence is I don't have to worry about money. Okay. Now, in the understanding of this, in the understanding of this, you get to the point in which the, the earth tells everyone where we are. Okay. Capitalism tells everyone where we are. That's nothing to do with me. And 97% of the world or 96% of the world's population fights over 1% of the world's income. And if you are honest with yourself, your whole working class life, it's felt that way. So I'm going to tell you that 96% of this world does not know how to manifest things deliberately. This doesn't. And I'm going to give you the truth about manifestation. And within five minutes, I would have taught you more and blown your mind apart than you would have probably learned in the last couple of years of your whole life has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with what is truth. We are shielded from the truth and it's actually designed that way, to be honest with you. It's designed that way. Those who, the internet is disrupting that design, that's for sure. The internet is exposing you out of more truth than ever. That's why, that's why they are trying, to, it doesn't matter who they is, that's why they are trying to control the internet now. It'd be called it net neutrality. Anybody ever heard of this? Net neutrality. They literally repealed net neutrality. And if it wasn't for John Oliver and a few other people, because the internet is the only place on planet Earth where supremacy does not control it. To give you an idea, we have now in the Western world a space force. I just want to get you to process this real quick. We as humans want to control so much. Somebody sat down and said, you know what? That, that damn space out there, it needs a flag in it. Like, I just need you to get this idea for a second. Someone says we need a military power in a vacuum. 
Okay, assuming the earth is not flat for the few flat earthers out there. Okay, for you flat earthers out there. I just want you to get this. Now, when it comes to manifestation, I'll talk a little bit, then I'm going to jump it up. In fact, I'm about to say a whole bunch of stuff that's going to make law want to jump out of his seat and start talking. Let me give you the first truth and you understand. Most people have no idea what manifestation is. Write it down, put it in your memory, do whatever you got to do. Let me give you another truth. All emotions are manifestations. All things are manifestations. In fact, the word manifestation is a manifestation. The word I'm using. Rewind, press play. Because as in accordance to my teaching style, this is the easiest thing I'm gonna say. All emotions are manifestations. All things are manifestations. Even the word manifestation that I'm using is a manifestation. And the words I used to explain to you for the last six minutes have been manifestations. And the air you're breathing is a manifestation. And the disagreement you had as I've been talking has been a manifestation. Every single thing we've done for the last 360 minutes, 360 seconds have been manifestations. Let's break it down. If I had to define manifestation for you, I would like to define that whatever or whenever something is being experienced, that is a manifestation. Whenever or whatever something is being experienced, that is a manifestation. I'm already, if, if you're actively listening, you can already see me going higher. I got you. Whenever or whatever something is experienced, that is a manifestation. Now, right there, I just said enough to plant a seed to destroy your social constructs. Let me tell you what I do. And let me tell you how this works. My only job on planet Earth is to destroy your social constructs. But I can't walk in and say, Shaker, stop thinking that. Because then you would put up your defenses. And then you hit me back. And now we're not getting anything. I'm just manifesting a quarrel and not abundance. Okay? But we don't want that. So let's define what a social construct is. A social construct, it, there's better definitions, but allow me to use this one to make it plain for everyone. A social construct has three elements as far as I am concerned, as far as the truth is concerned. A social construct is an invisible world that has invisible rules, or excuse me, an invisible world that has an invisible government and invisible government enforcers. That's a social construct, simple as that. It is an invisible world. You, by, by flashing up, now come October 1st, I don't know if y'all know this, but all y'all cameras gonna be on. I've been giving people 60 days. Come October 1st, 
all your cameras gonna be on because it makes it much easier. And besides, this is a school. It makes it much easier when I can see you so I can see if I need to repeat something and all that stuff. For now, you can just stay chill, relax. But flash your camera, raise your emoji hand, do something if you are a note taker, okay? Okay, Jerry say order the new camera. Cool, that's, that's, that's not even, appreciate you though, Jerry. Thank you, thank you for your obedience. That's, you know, that wasn't a slug I was throwing out there. I was just saying, okay? How I'm a got taco kid. I know that's right, guy. I ain't mad at you. That's how Grace act. Grace couldn't wait till we left the office. <laughs> Text a why, Grace, because she understands. She gonna say the same thing. Text a why. Text a why. And as soon as you get the text here, I wanted I wanted to see your laugh. Because <laughs> Grace stayed next door to the office. <laughs> Stay next door to the office. As soon as you get that text. Now, if you're taking notes, good to see all of you. If you're taking notes, I'm saying a lot of statements here. Okay. One of the first things I did is I told you 96% of this world don't even know what manifestation is. Then I turned around and told you everything you've done, every thought, every word, every action is a manifestation in itself, which already is disruptive. It's already a problem because you keep thinking it's the big things. And that's one of your major problems. You keep, you keep stressing about major decisions or you keep walking your business to the major client or whatever it is that you do. And that has nothing to do with abundance. It has nothing to do with manifestation. That is a form of a manifestation that you have called major to the universe, to God, to Allah, to Dios. I'm trying to, I've got three different continents here in at least five different religions, okay? But listen, to whatever you believe in, that stuff ain't hard and it ain't major. You ain't never prayed to your entity of choice and say, and that entity said, oof, Monica, that's a big one. I don't know. I got to, you know, I need to pray about it too, Monica. Shoot. But think about it. You, you pray to God and God goes, I need to pray too. I don't know. No, that's not the way it works. Okay. What's major for you is not major for God. That's fair. Okay, let me, let, me, let me just talk to my Muslims real quick. I'm not, I'm not talking about I got a few Muslims on right now. If you Muslim, pay attention, okay? Faith is huge in the Islamic community. Faith is one of the ways you, you can't even be Muslim without faith. You must then exclaim publicly thine faith. And you ain't never had a problem Faith can't handle. I'm just, I'm just speaking, I'm speaking their language right now, okay? And therefore, you've never had a problem that Allah has said, yo, I don't know what we're going to do about this today. Think about that for a second. That's not the way it works. But a lot of us use, now, now, no, now I'm talking to everybody again. A lot of us use outside entities, which I'm coming back to, as a reason not to take control or responsibility for what we need to do with our own lives. 
Don't worry about it. I'm coming back. It's coming back to it. So let's process all the completely destructive things I have said thus far. And they're all destructive because I said I need to destroy your social construct. A social construct, well, let me, let me recap. I flat out told you 96% of this world is not manifesting. Well, doesn't know what manifestation are, but you are manifesting. But every emotion, every manifestation, the word manifestation, the word word, my finger, all of this is a manifestation. So what is a manifestation, Antonio? It's whenever Assyria is experiencing something, that's a manifestation. So all of you listen to me. Whether you know it or not, since you're experiencing me, I presently am the greatest manifestation in your life until you have another moment. And then that moment will be. So don't you ever think you're behind because that's not how manifestations work. Because all of you are here right now because big you said, I need to listen to this rich young guy talk today. I didn't even know it. But you could have been anywhere. But source you is what I prefer to say. Decided to manifest this moment so you can hear what's about to happen. Everybody follow me so far? It means you are not here by random randomness or some accident. And it also means, and I sure hope y'all hear this, every tear you've ever cried, every delay you've ever had, every accident from the bumper collisions to traffic, all led you to this one moment to change the rest of your life. And every moment that exists on planet Earth has the same weight. Every moment. Stop worrying about big moments because I did not gain weight from eating the big burger. It was a bunch of little bitty pieces of candy. <laughs> That's real talk. I'm just going to give it to you. It was not a big meal that put me 80 pounds overweight and I had to lose it. It was a bunch of little meals that put me big overweight. Such is life. Uh-huh. You ain't had no big transaction messed up your credit score. It was all them little transactions that did that. Such is life. Okay, just letting you know. So manifestations happen everywhere. <clears throat> what happened to our push-ups? <laughs> I just <laughs> we we started to get a day <laughs> Started to get a day. Now, I want you to know that every single, single experience you're having is a manifestation. I'm going to say a few more things, and I'm about to open up for a discussion that I knew is about to blow up. Everything has a vibration, and all things exist in a vibrational reality. Abraham calls this vibrational reality a vortex. I call it collapsing, the collapsing of superposition, but it's all the same thing, okay? 
your sacred texts. If you, this is your first time here, I am, I've got pretty much the top six religions. By top, I mean pop, population. The sacred texts, the religions, I got them all memorized or just about. For some of that, I actually had to go to school for it. For others, it's just, it's just the way I share the light. I'm an intellectual, so I have a lot of different conversations. If you're going to be a bridge, you must have footings on both sides of the ravine. I just said something, right? A bridge with one footing is not a bridge. <laughs> it's not a bridge at all. It's something else, maybe a ramp or just a waste of time, but it's not a bridge. To be a bridge, you got to have footings. It's a plank. Sides. A plank, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A plank. So I'm a guy that consistently sits with Muslims, dines with Sikhs, does kosher things with Orthodox Jews. I know Messianic Jews and all sorts of stuff. So I've got all this stuff in my head. So let me define or put into you. So what I just said was all manifestations exist in a vibrational equivalent. And that's a vibrational reality. Let me put this now in religious talk to about all of you so we can all get some understanding here. So as a man thinketh, so is he. Birds of a feather flock together. You, you are what you think. If you believe it, you can achieve it. Like everybody's been saying the same thing your whole life. Prosperity has one voice and you've been fighting over how people say it. Makes no sense. Makes no sense that you fighting for somebody who said something. There's no difference between Allah or God or deals. Not one difference. Not, not a single one. Muslims bring their heritage back to Abraham. Christians and Jews bring their lineage back to Abraham. Muslims come from one of Abraham's sons. Jews come from the other of Abraham's sons. All going back to Abraham, all going back to one God. But you have been brainwashed to fight over Allah means this, and Dios means that, and God means this, because somebody, this is, this is the point here, use their manifestations to control your manifestations. It was at this moment, we're going higher. Okay? Most of y'all manifestations are being controlled by someone else because you haven't quite grasped that all experiences are manifestations. And since you haven't quite grasped that, you have no idea that you don't deliberately create your life. Your oppressor does. Oh, I'm talking now. Okay? I need you to get that if your mom is your oppressor, she has created a life for you that you do not enjoy. 
if the government, if this person, if that person, and most of you are spending a life outside of what your enjoyment is because somebody told you you got to go to work and pay bills. Really? That actually makes no sense because until 1900, most people were entrepreneurs. That's just the way it works. The same way they tell you to stop at a stoplight and you be like, yeah, I got to stop at a stoplight. A hundred years ago, wouldn't no stoplights. <laughs> Stop putting your worth into stuff that just got here. <laughs> it just got here. This is why I like sacred texts, because they've been around a while. And they keep talking about stuff that is relevant today. So let's put a good bow on this. And I'm about to go higher again, and I'm going to open it up. Oh. She's lost like I am ready. All emotions, all of them, every last one of them are manifestations. I happen to call manifestations is the collapsing of an observer's observer, a conscious observer, and you're collapsing superposition. Don't worry, I'm about to show you a video that's going to solve this problem of what I'm talking about. Okay. You also need to know <clears throat> that you are living a life swimming in manifestations. 99% of them ain't even yours. And that's wrong. Because it's all a lie. Listen to me and listen to me very well. If I never said nothing else, I just lied to you on purpose. Because the truth is, Everything in your life is the result of your thinking. The problem is your thoughts are not your thoughts. Somebody told you to think that way. And somebody told you to feel that way. And now you've been doing it for so long, you think that's how you think. You think that's how you feel. The truth about manifestation is this simply, and I ain't even done, that every experience is a manifestation and your life is the equivalency of your thoughts. Let me show you more. Thoughts plus emotions equals, oh, I'm sorry. At this moment, we go higher. <laughs> thoughts plus emotions equals creations. The problem is, for the last 24 minutes that I've been talking, you keep thinking creations are manifestations. And this is what I'm trying to get you away from. The objective formula is thoughts plus emotions equals creations. But you keep thinking creations are manifestations. But the thoughts are manifestations. The emotions are manifestations. And the creations are manifestations. But the thoughts and emotions are ultimately driving what you're experiencing. Don't worry about it. I'm about to make it even more simple. The problem here, my friends, is you believe that as you create, that's the creation. You believe that manifestations are where creation exists. 
you believe that thoughts are this thing you have to do. But the truth is thoughts are already manifestations. Emotions are already manifestations. Every single thing in your life is a manifestation and you are the one controlling what happens to you at all times, bombshell, even as a baby. See, some of you have a major problem with this because I'm getting ready to make you have to admit that some of that bad stuff that happened to you was the level of your consciousness. Oh, yeah. So let me first say, before I get stones thrown at me and my tires slash Pam Norris, that I am a victim of molestation. Okay, you can't grow up homeless without being molested. That's just, I just don't understand how that's even possible. I just, I have no consciousness of how that could possibly be possible that I spent six to 14 homeless and did not get <clears throat> molested. It's, it's impossible. I was a sitting duck. I was golden prey, okay? So what I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you from experience that at six, when I was living in a trash can, seven, and from seven to nine, when I was being molested, it's because that is what I understood about the world. And whether you want to admit that or not, that molester or those two molesters, uh, 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 come back, those two molesters, had a vibrational frequency that I vibrated at. Whether you want to admit that or not. See, this is our problem. I set you up in the beginning and said everything has a vibrational equivalency. See, y'all want to think everything that is good. I got you, Deanna. Everything that is bad. Oh, here's the truth. Everything has its antecedent. Everything has its equivalency. And I'm telling you, the same way they were pushing out, I want someone to molest. I was also pushing out, I want someone to molest me, whether consciously or not. That's a fact that you're going to have to deal with. And 96% of people on planet Earth cannot. That's why only 1% is in the top 1%. Okay, Diana, come on. Let me hear from you. Okay, and then after Mila, I put a question in chat. Okay, well, hold on real quick. Hold up, hold on. Write your, write your question down. Write your question down. I'm not finished with my inflammatory statements real quick. Okay. All right. Most people want to deal with manifestations in their five senses that's the worst thing you want to do because until you can't see it taste it tell it touch it you know what i'm talking about you don't think it's what you created and that's the problem i created my molester before i can see taste and touch and you better receive that I created my bad credit score before I could ever see it, taste it, and touch it. My body ain't never went nowhere, Carrie. My mind ain't went first. Before my body felt the trash can, my mind knew the trash can. You better believe it. Oh, I'm finna, I'm finna free somebody today. Okay? 
My body followed my self-esteem, followed my worldview. So has yours. Until you truly receive, think, believe you're a millionaire, your body ain't going to show up to a million dollars. Help me somebody. I'm almost done, Deanna. Get, get ready. Because these questions for the flood out here. Most people want to use a five senses law, see it, take it, touch it, manifest anything, but you can only feel your way into things. And from those feelings, do you bring those five senses? Let me explain my manifestation. It took me a while to figure this out. I mean, excuse me. Let me explain my molestation. It took me a while to figure this out. My mama didn't love me. That's what I was saying. My daddy didn't love me. That's what I was saying. I wish someone would love me. Listen, oh, you're not hearing me. God damn it, you're not hearing me. You're going to hear me today. I wish somebody would love me. Why don't they love me? I said, now I got you. Yes. Uh -huh. Somebody need to come love me. If somebody would just love, if somebody did come love me in their own sick, twisted way, what happened to I need to love me? Mm, 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 mm. You get it now, Law? You say, yeah, you get it, you get it now. I drew unto me. Go ahead, sugar. I, I, I knew somebody was going to say something. You can't hold that in. <laughs> That is so real, what you just said. Mm. That's why it was so easy for me to fall into prostitution from being molested from the time I was four. I uh, considered that or looked at that as love. That was love. Right. And so when there were things added to dolls and bikes and cash money, in my mind, which was sick at that time, even at an early age, Love, money, sex. That's what put together. That's the right. box that I was in. But now that you've said that, out of all the therapy, all the classes, all the everything that I have had, it's never been put to me. You broke that down. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, that's right. Listen, both sugar and myself, reward system was messed up. Because my molester molested me, I had two molesters, molested me so long that if they did not molest me, I thought I wasn't being loved. I thought I did something wrong, Kara. Think I'm lying. See, you, you can't understand this unless you've actually been molested. You, you have no understanding of this here. Go ahead, Phil. Well, that also, too, makes the mind switch. When you say to somebody who's been molested, that I love you, many times the molester is saying I love you while they're molesting you. So you're not actually giving them a benefit by saying they're loving you. You're actually creating a vibration that goes back to the negativity. Yeah. So a better term for those kind of people is I respect you. Yeah. Is a better term for somebody who's been molested to show them your feelings towards them because they have the concept of love turned upside down. Right. Absolutely. And that love upside down reward system is messed up. I'm trying to show you. I ain't trying to take you 
to my trash can when I was getting molested, but I am trying to show you that I can't walk you to this abundance and freedom we about to have. If you got all these denominational walls on you and all this wokeness to where you can't admit that you draw unto you darkness, because I can't help you if you do that. Come on, Grace. Years ago, I had a student whose father was, yeah, raping and molesting her. No doubt. And, and the thing was, when she was talking to the counselor, she was tell, and she would she would tell anybody. She would tell the counselor. She would tell her peers. Anybody, oh yeah, I love my dad. And she tell what they did, and he had a restraining order against him. He came up to the school one day. She found out started running after him, screaming, Daddy, right. Daddy, no, I don't want to be taken. And, you know, I just couldn't, I, I, I wasn't understanding, but what you're saying, you saying, I get it. Yeah, yeah I got you couldn't understand Because she did everything right. Yeah. Because she did love her daddy. Yeah. And she cannot live without him. Yeah. And the rape and the molestation became part of her reward system. As long as she would do what daddy said, daddy would then molest you and rape you. So it wasn't molesting rape to her. Yeah, because I mean, she, she was she was talking as bragging on what they would what they would do. Um, uh, yeah. you understand? Yeah, your reward system gets messed up. Human beings run to pleasure or from pain. Some of us, what you call pain, becomes pleasure. Those people you know with victim mentalities to be a victim. Their, their hormones, they, so you have neuropeptides. So in, in your body, you have neurons. And each neuron has a connector, like a lock going into a key. We in some cognitive behavioral stuff now, Kiara. A lock going into a key. And when the lock goes into the, <laughs> look, she got, she got the book right there. A lock going into a key. And that, that, that lock, let's call that the neuropeptide. It, it constantly is looking for the key to match the lock. And as you stay in depression for so long, check me out, your, your peptides become addicted to depression. This is why y'all know some people that every time something gets happy, they have to destroy it. We call them self-sabotagers. You can't understand why Melissa keep doing that. But you have no idea that you're judging Melissa because her reward system and her every time that she is not depressed, her body goes through real deal heroin withdrawals. Her body convulses. She gets in the cold sweats. And her body says, until you give me this hormone that is equivalent to this depression, we're going to kill you. And that's what happens. That little girl was happy in that state. And she ain't never did nothing wrong about it. And she wasn't wrong to react that way. That was her world view. You get it? All right, go ahead, Sugar. And that's why we have so much relapse in the system, whether it, whatever the case was prior to them coming in, when they are incarcerated, and then they come back out again from what went on during their incarceration. Right. And they come back out again and don't get that, whatever that was they were getting in. And we have repeat offenders that will go and do the crime again to get put back 
in incarceration. One of my ministers, her son is that way. That's right. And I'm thinking, why every time your release comes up, you start a fight and get put back in the hole? You understand. Every time, every time. Now I'm more understanding because what he's receiving inside, he may not receive it once no. he gets outside. His life is better inside than it will ever be outside until he changes mindset, which I'm about to go. I'm about to go there, but check this out. He's institutionalized. He has shelter. Help me, somebody. Outside, he got to go earn that. Inside, he has it. Outside, his auntie go throw up in his... I'm sorry, I'm in the South. His aunt is going to throw up in his face. I put the food in your mouth. Boss, that's what we call, if you've ever been to jail, you know, the, the warden and the, the police officers and the PO, they ain't going to do that. It's literally more freedom for him inside the institution with his current mindset than outside. Then he knows his schedule. Outside ain't no schedule. And most importantly, he knows his oppressor. His oppressor has on a uniform. They're readily available to be identified. If he gets free, his oppressor got a smile on their face. Wow. I'd much rather have my oppressors with a uniform saying, you know I'm coming to impress you, right? Because now I know how to handle that. I know to hide my stuff. But out here in the real world, oppressors have on suits looking at your job application. Because your name sound the way they say, now nah, throw this one away. And they get community awards for oppressing you because your name got more syllables than what they want. So it's easier in prison than it is to be out. If you got I'll that share mindset. that with her. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, we call that institutionalized. Absolutely. I know folk who don't even take baths when they get out. Because when you got all that structure, it's easy to be a great citizen in all that structure. But you take yourself out that structure, if you don't really have that structure in you, then what you need is someone to always have that structure over you. Yeah, absolutely. And just like our, our what was it? Arshia. No, that's not right. Here, give me your name. I said it right? No, it's not Arshia. Arshia. Mm -hmm. I said it right? Yeah. You did. Girl, look at me. All right, then. All right. She just said in chat. Just like any addiction. Any addiction. From, see, the problem, sacred texts, we call them uh, notorious sinners. That means you can see your sins on the outside. You understand? Now, sin works differently in, in different religions, but we'll just use that word because y'all know the word. That means I could see a prostitute. I could see a drug dealer. I could see a tax collector, that, which was back, back in the biblical days or antiquity, that was a drug dealer. Taking, the, taking people's money, right? And giving it to, you know, the, the governing body. But all y'all addicted, every last one of you, if you sick all the damn time, I need you to know that you are addicted to being sick. And you need to receive that or you're never going to stop being sick. I need you to know that your body is smarter than you. It's been around millions of years. Your body has become addicted 
to the acidic level in your homeostasis and it can't live your body can't handle alkaline if you drink some alkaline water you might your your mind might lose itself because your body's so acidic you are addicted to that state come on law it's so powerful that you said that because i actually had that same well i'm continuously having that same conversation with my mother who i see it all the time is constantly sick constantly sick but she don't see it now i'm not I was like you were just sick a couple of days ago there's always something going on with your body is when when do you want to change when you feel it's time but mm-hmm. does not want to not 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 it's, it's not going to want to because until you decide to shift it so let's go higher let's go higher to the last well the second to last highest so what are the solutions here easy Well, first off, let me finish this here. If you think you got to see it, touch it, feel it, taste it, you're already losing. You're stuck in the middle class. You're never getting out of it because that has nothing to do with manifestation. The idea that you think that something doesn't exist until you can see it shows the universe or whatever it is what financial class you belong into because Martin Luther King saw freedom for his culture before it existed. He died, got shot in the neck with a sniper rifle as a result of it. And bit some here and not yet. We've got some of that freedom. (laughs) Ain't got nowhere near enough, but you get the point though, okay? You don't see the I have a dream speech You become the I have a dream speech. I'm planting seeds. Let's go higher. In short, your entire life is a physical manifestation of your feelings. I need every last one of you to recognize right now that whatever you're experiencing your reality is a vibrational equivalency of your feelings. Forget your thoughts. That's too hard. You got too many thoughts. You can't monitor your thoughts. But them feelings becomes that thought plus emotions, right? Your life, your youth, listen to me, y'all. If you have a certain dollar amount in your bank account, that's what you feel about yourself. That's what you feel your worth is. See, people don't like, see, they don't like that. People don't like that. People don't like that because it has to be something more harder than that. It has to be harder than that because, because if it wasn't so hard, I would have it. No. If you wasn't so hard on yourself, you would have it. I just said, I can literally stop right here. I can literally stop right there. No, it ain't hard. You are hard on you. That's why you're in overdraft. Because you think your net worth, your value to this earth is overdraft. That's why you're in middle class, because you let somebody else say you are a middle type person. Abundance is your birthright, period, point blank. Simply put, Law said it gave him chills. Simply put, your entire life is a physical manifestation of your feelings. 
This is why I don't help people much with my money or my resources. Now, everybody knows, you find me, I help the whole world. But I'm cautious with people. Let me tell you why. Because until you, the reason I don't help people with my money and my resources is because if I give you the help you need, pay attention, and your feelings stay the same, you're just going to kill what I just gave you. Straight like that. And that's a word. If I give you your breakthrough, if you feel broke down, you're going to turn that break to breakthrough into breakdown, just like that. That's why I don't help people until their feelings change about themselves. Then you get all the help you need. Until you change your feelings, I know for sure where you say, wow, I know for sure you are creating the most perfect reality for yourself. And my job right now is to observe without judging you, plant a few seeds and hope that you harvest them some way to where you want to catch up to where I can help you. But until you have, till you shift your feelings, till you shift your feelings, you're going to kill everything. Y'all feel me? All right. Come on, Law. You're going to have something. Things I got to say. <laughs> I like what you, what you were going to say first. Nah, go ahead. Because I'm about to. Okay. Bro, when I say these next couple of things and I'm done talking, the conversation going to get thick up in here. <laughs> Okay, I wanted you to break down something for me. Sure. Um, I always have a difficult time with the word uh, molestation as a whole because I feel like people always identify that term with your sexuality. And I've always loved your transparency about your experience with it and mm-hmm. how you still became a heterosexual Tell you male. What, you can, stop, you can yeah. stop right there. Hold on. Real okay. Quick. So if you don't know, because he knows, I was molested by two men. Okay, let's not even, uh, you know, I would love to be cool and say, oh, yeah, you know, two women, they got to be in. They, nope, that ain't what happened. That ain't what happened. I listened about two men for over three years. Sometimes they molested me at the same time. And as you hear me talking, you shouldn't hear nothing but strength. Because at no point does this have hold on me at any, at any point. I got rid of that somewhere in my 20s. Did you get this? Okay. I am a straight male. I've got no problem. I'm a, I'm a gay ally. I have no problem with gays. If that's your problem, that's on you. Right? Or anything like that. But as for me, Lord knows I'm an ally. A li- I'm a loud ally too. <laughs> right? I'm not just, I ain't no secret ally. I'll march next to him in the pride parade. You know, just so he know he got some support. <laughs> I'm a loud ally. You understand? Know <laughs> Somebody messing with him, I'm knocking them out. You understand? Know I'm one of them kind of allies. You know, I'm a battle buddy. That's probably what we need to call it. <laughs> we going to war together. But I'm straight. I'm not. I'm, and I'm not. I'm macho, but I'm not macho because I'm overcompensating for something. I just happen to be an alpha male. Not hiding nothing. So to your point, 
Well, actually, I won't even go to your point. Let me let you finish. I just wanted to catch them up because they didn't have that understanding that you had. Okay, keep going. So in, in my own experience, a lot of people always go, oh, oh, is that why you're gay? And okay, that's why I wanted to do that. I'm just uh, like, that's, that's not the case. And I say it this way, right? So before I went through that experience, children have always said that I was gay or what have you. I never understood what the hell it was because we wasn't exposed to that. It wasn't until I went through this particular experience that I then started to understand it. But even then, because it was positioned to me as a game, we just playing a game. Um, that's how I expressed it in one of the books as well. Uh, that is a game that I went on and taught the game to other people within my age group or what have you. And then that led me to feel like a monster for many years because I no didn't doubt. know what I was doing wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And Lenita just asked a question, why do we need to label our sexuality? But, you know, she's just asking in general because we both know, and, and there's just no labels, right? But we'll just let y'all do that. So when I say I'm straight, don't, don't think that I was trying to label or anti-label law or something. I was just giving you context of what he was asking. That's why I told him stop, so I can give you all the context. It's, this, isn't, this, isn't a, this is a matter of manifesting what you desire your perfect reality to be. For law, his perfect for law for Monica, their perfect realities is to have a sexual preference that you may disagree with. It ain't none of your damn business. It's not. It's just not. It's just not. But I believe whatever you believe don't have nothing to do with somebody's choices. Your job is to be in harmony with someone's choices and gently influence them to better choices but you don't get to decide what better is we're here to add value to this world not to hit somebody over the head with some rule ain't nam one of you not quran i got you susan not quran not christian not not seek Nam one of you, not Jew, Orthodox Jew, not Messiah Jew, none of us ever read a sacred text and changed. Somebody loved us when we were unlovable. And then we said, let me check out that sacred text. Nobody picks up a book and says, yep, I believe in the Quran now. That's not the way it works. Someone of the Islamic faith showed you love and you were unlovable. And through that, you said, well, tell me more. That's it. Go ahead, Susan. No, it just what Law said, you know, he didn't really know what it was growing, you know, when you were younger, mm -hmm. just something there. Mm -hmm. Growing up with three brothers and one that you know, was gay and didn't know himself mm -hmm. until, you know, after he was married. Yep, that happens all the time. So, you know, yeah, I that, but I knew, we, I knew, we knew there was something, but, you know, I didn't know, we didn't know what it was. I just knew that he loved me and he'd play with me. Play the things I wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's too funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we build houses and all kinds of things. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's that thing. Okay, Diana, go ahead. Monica, are you there? If so, put, put your camera on and, and and come 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 help me add some value right here. When did you find? Now, listen, these are openly gay people. I don't want you to think that I've got people saying, "Hey, come spill your guts." I don't want you to think that. Monica, when did you find out you was gay? Because it's it's funny because it, it, Susan made me think about you. And everybody in school, y'all, me and Monica are classmates from high school. Everybody wanted to holler at Monica. Yeah. She was always good looking with long, slender legs. It's the truth. Everybody did. Go ahead, Monica. When did you find out you was gay? Freshman in college is when I re truly realized it. And uh, you were dating some guy. Yeah, I had a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend. The, he <laughs> was the it guy, too. He was yeah. the good guy in our high school. Four years. Four years. Four years. Good guy. Went to Princeton, everything. Yep. And then I broke up with him freshman year in college because I think that was when I realized it and was honest with him. And the rest is history. But I think it's not until you realize it, you start looking back at childhood and growing up and different things that you're like, well, that's not normal. Like, <laughs> I kind of had a... I kind of liked my first grade teacher. I would buy her these, like, she went to UT. I would buy her these UT pins. And it was the weirdest thing, but only that teacher. So, you know, little things that didn't make sense. Yeah. As you get older, you're like, oh, that's why. So. <laughs> that makes good sense. The reason I had you advocate that point, because let's go higher to the last leg. Until you feel abundance, you would destroy abundance that has been given to you. Say that again, sir. Until you feel abundance, you will destroy any abundance that has been given to you. You got health, you're gonna become an alcoholic. You're gonna get you'll get on drugs. You got a wife, you're gonna become divorced. <laughs> no matter what, until you feel abundance, no matter what is given to you, you're gonna mess it up. Y'all know I ain't lying. We all got these eras of our lives where we had it made and we went, get that out of here. <laughs> we did. We did. We, every man on this call right now got that one woman. We like, dang, I should have did different. <laughs> I don't think you could be a man until that happens, right? You know, just, you know. I messed up with that one. Yeah, I should have. My eldest brother's going through that right now. <laughs> Yeah, until you feel abundance. If I give y'all a business, some of y'all right now, you got a million dollar idea and a million dollar business plan and it's not gonna work because you ain't a million dollar person. My, my, Reverend. My. <laughs> so here's, here's what I want you to understand. Things are always in the process of becoming. You must always experience abundance in the process should you want to be in the top 1%. The difference between you and Oprah is when Oprah was, I'm, I'm going to use the words that they were saying to her according to her story, okay? Dark, ugly, and nappy. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's not me, okay? She thought she was a billionaire. Don't miss that, y'all. When comedians was making fun of Oprah weight problems, 
she thought she was a billionaire. When she too was being molested on some farm, she thought she was going to be a billionaire. When her daddy told her to go to school, and she, she reveals a lot of this in the, her, her interview with Stanford University, if you just look it up, she just wanted to make $32,000 a year. That was her goal. Or they, no, excuse me, that was their goal for her. I think she lived it past $32,000 a year. Yes. <laughs> something like $3 billion, you know, something like $3 billion. I know it's over $3 billion. And then you get this. Poor, ugly, counted out. I'm not calling Oprah ugly. I'm telling you what they said, okay? Poor, ugly, counted out, nappy, ashy. You'll never be on TV that dark. Mm-hmm. Oprah said I'm a billionaire. Until you feel abundance, that million dollar idea you got, it ain't gonna work. It would actually pay me more to tell you, oh yeah, man, listen, just bring a million dollar idea here. I got you, man, I got you. I do got you, you don't got you. Until you're ready, okay? Couple more things. Manifestations have nothing to do with if you've been good or bad. See this, I put this in here for my religious folk. Because I already proved to you every experience is a manifestation. And this whole time, you keep wondering, you keep saying, but they don't believe. They not, you know, they don't pray three times a day. Speaking of certain religions, but they don't tithe. Speaking of different religions, okay? They not with pastor, right? <laughs> okay? They didn't do this. Why is, why do they keep getting new cars and I'm struggling? Because the person you judging feels better about themselves than you do with all that religion. Oh, you just keep... <laughs> Man, you're boxing. You're boxing without gloves today, Antonio. <laughs> Please wear some gloves. Please wear some gloves. You're giving me black eyes. <laughs> Please wear some gloves. Ah, okay. Bare knuckle fight today. Bare knuckle fight. The person that you are using your sacred text to judge feels better about themselves then you feel better with the God you say is saving you. Watch yourself, Reverend. (laughs) Just because you are saved does not mean you dealt with your self-esteem problems. We need that in writing somewhere. (laughs) That's what I'm I'm thinking the same thing. That should be on the first page in whatever text it is that you go by. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you, just because you are saved does not mean you dealt with your self-esteem and all that stuff. The reason why some of y'all struggling and you doing everything right is because you feel like you're everything wrong with your situation. Mm, 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 mm. You can't cast out what needs to be counseled. <laughs> Watch out, Kiara. Watch out now. All right. Last thing, law. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Manifestation had nothing to do with being good or bad. Nothing to do with that. You will manifest whatever you're thinking and the equi- 
in the equivalent vibrational frequency of what you're thinking, especially the opposite of what you're thinking. Allow me to explain. I want to be a hundred billionaire. I ain't too far from it. It also means that I must have the thoughts of a hundred billionaire. This is why I ain't got no mentors no more. Who, who, who you know trying to be a hundred billionaire? What black person you know trying to be a hundred billion? I can't even find them. I'm not saying nothing about black culture. I'm just telling you, I don't know nobody trying to trade a hundred billion dollars. I don't know nobody. The market's my mentor. Y'all, I listen to y'all. That's all I do. I listen to y'all. I can't listen to nobody else. Because everybody else, how you going to mentor me and your goals are lesser than mine? That, that's number one. We got a problem right there in the first place. The market's my mentor, but pay attention. Since I want $100 billion, it means that I got to think like a $100 billion person. But at the same time, it means I'm also drawn to me simultaneously 100 billion pieces of darkness. And if you can't handle the darkness, you don't get to share the light. Because I can't be, Kiara, a hundred billionaire around a hundred billionaires. You can't share the light in light. Whenever you decide what you want, at that very moment, everything that is opposite of what you want will come follow you. It will be drawn to you because your job is to keep your head in that darkness. Because if you say you're going to share the light, you need to expect the fact that the dark got to show up. So every time y'all are here manifesting, I need you to know that that darkness that came with it, you ain't doing nothing wrong. It's supposed to be there. Because how can I brag on you, Carl, if you ain't going through nothing? How can you show me what you was going to do, Lenita, if you stopped moving? How are you going to smell good if you didn't smell nasty? It just is what it is. It's just, it just is what it is. Your man looks good when he gets a haircut because you saw him look something else without it. It just is what it is. Without those little moments, you wouldn't have those 60-year marriages. You need those little moments. Go ahead, Phil. Number 16 on uh, what God said. The moment you declare anything, everything unlike it will come into the space. This is the law of opposites, producing a contextual field within which you that which you wish to express to be experienced a contextual field content within which which that which you wish to express may be experienced that's right so basically what he just said is he said two things that, that that had two parts in it as soon as you say i want this the opposite is going to show up it's called law of opposite but what he just said secondly was because you can't enjoy that thing without the opposite thing showing up. You need the opposite to enjoy. I'll explain. How do you know you're five foot seven? Because everything opposite of five foot seven is around you. Without knowing, if everything in this world was five foot seven, 
then you would never have the experience of being five foot seven. How do you know you fine and sexy? It's because everything around you is the opposite of fine and sexy. (laughs) So you have confidence in your fine and sexy because the opposite is giving you that. It's the same reason why a guy with a beer belly has this beautiful Susan Sorrentino modelist person, right, on his shoulder. Feels like, well, you know, I've got the beer belly right here, buddy. No beer belly, right? It's because feel, feel, Philip feels inside. I want to say feel feels because it was hard to understand. Okay, Mister Sorrentino feels inside Susan. Why does Susan have a tall man? Because she always wanted the experience of tall. So it's not that opposites attract. That's the illusion. It is that your dominant thoughts become the vibrational frequency. So in Susan's challenged of height, okay, so I didn't say the, I didn't say the words you don't want me to say, okay, she always had the desire of tall. So what did she manifest? That desire of tall, which can't happen to be feel sexy tall self. There you go. She can't get no better than that. <laughs> it doesn't exist. In Susan, the most perfect form of heaven is and looks like Phil Sorrentino. She drew him herself. There you go, Phil, I made it work for you. I made it work. <laughs> it's just the way it works though, it really is. So here's the last point, get ready, Locke. I know you're getting ready to start off a whole good conversation. There is no outside entity determining what you deserve or what you want. I put these last two things in here for my religious folk. Okay? Nothing wrong with religion. Keep your religion. Religion is fantastic. But, there is no, but your God is not determining what you want. Your God told you, tell me what you want. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Okay? Your God said, just tell me. Craig, tell me. I got you. What you want? But you're saying, God, tell me what I want. And that ain't the way it works. There's no entity outside of you determining determining what you want, watch this, and how much you get. You've all been lied to. You've all been sold. Religion is trash. Your sacred text is fantastic. Your religious practice is fantastic. Your local body mosque or temple or church is fantastic. When you put people in groupthink, and you organize that into an echelon of power, that's when we start killing folk. That's history. You ain't got to agree with me. You can disconnect if you want to. That just is what it is. That's just, that's what we've done with every religion. So as we organize it, we've been killing folk over it. Nothing wrong with religion. It's fantastic. But when you organize it and you put people in group think, we mess it up. And you can quote me on that because I'll say that in any microphone, on any platform. Your religion is fantastic as long as you're not trying to kill people with it. And there is no entity 
outside of you telling you how much you deserve to get. Comma, no, semicolon, that's you. That was my last point. The only person in determining how much you deserve to get is you. Because your God said you can have everything. You said, well, maybe not everything. And your God said, okay. Straight like that. This, ladies and gentlemen, has been the truth of manifestations. The rest is on y'all. Law, I'm starting off with you. Come on, open up these floodgates. Yes. I'll tell you a little story. I am currently working in corporate or what have you and just recently switched to it. And for most of my working experience, I wanted to be in corporate so bad. You know, I wanted to experience it, get my little cubicle, baby, and what, what I thought it was going to be. But anyway, I always walk in however I dress because that's just me as a person. I feel like you attract what you want. So they couldn't handle the way I walked in is what I've learned or what have you. So one of the leaders was like, oh, going out tonight? And I'm just like, no. Oh, you look really nice. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so what's the plan? I am the plan. <laughs> what are you talking about? So one of, one of my coworkers, she was like, no, that's just Lord. That's what he does. Yes, that's what I do. I put on what I put on to make me feel the way I want to feel. If you want to wear your little T-Mobile T-shirt to come here, then that's up to you. It ain't got nothing to do with me. But I ain't doing that. Sorry, I'm not one of these multi-million dollar executives that's getting all this. No, I'm going to put on what I put on to make me feel the way that I want to feel because I know what I'm attracting to in the future. And it's so funny that what you were saying, you have to feel your way to things. And I'm starting to right. understand that even more now. So I don't put myself in situations where I don't feel good. Hence the environment I'm currently living in. I don't want to be here because it doesn't make me feel good That's anymore. Right and you have to feel good. And as soon as you get to that point, you do two things. You accept, okay, this is perfect for me and them. Perfect for them, because that's what they like, me not feeling good. Perfect for me, because it made me realize it's time to move. That's, that's where I'm at. Sometimes it hurts and other times it doesn't, but I know that if I stay here, I'll cripple myself. That's right, that's right. Listen, y'all, in every situation of your life, every time you get this feeling it doesn't feel good, it is perfect for you, and it's perfect for them, whatever them is. It is perfect because that's their perfect reality. It's perfect because that's their perfect reality. You are also at the vibrational equivalency of that perfect reality. The same way I vibrated at my molester's frequency. Aha. But it's also perfect because that resistance has showed you what you really want now, and now you get to go get more. Without that yes. resistance, you wouldn't know that you wanted to come to Texas. That is very true. There that you go. <laughs> there you go. So, That's in every situation, y'all. Every situation. Cool. I know you're going to be back like 16 more times. Kiera? <laughs> Um, can you clarify something for me because sure. it really bothered me, especially as a child advocate and someone who was raped and molested. Yep. When you talked about being in the vibration of um, being molested, I did not receive that. And I know. Mm -hmm. it sounded like you it, like you're saying um, 
I, like I wanted it. Yeah, I got it. I got you. So when I thought about it and I started processing and kind of analyzing, I was wondering if you were saying exactly that or if you were saying, you know, like my mother was molested and her mother and their mother. So the energy and the environment that I was raised up, that's just like trauma trickled down. Yeah, no so doubt. So being in that type of, of energy and that vibration, which would allow someone to be perverted and be connected and right. to come into my sacred space and do those types of things. Is that what you mean? Or is it something else? So it's both, but we got to talk about two different sets of people. You're not in the set of people that bothers you. So the good thing is what you did not receive, you don't have to because I wasn't talking to you in that area, but we're going to break it all down real quick. Right now, let's break down epigenetics first, because that's the problem with you. And that's the problem with me. My, my, I got a whole line of folk who either did actually, I got a whole line of folk of molesters, to be honest with you. Okay. They were, they were the doers, not the receivers. Okay. So I got a whole line of folk of dogs. The way epigenetics works, this is, this is a real thing, real deal. Thing. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is... Let's just talk about African-American people real quick. We pass down trauma from generation to generation. What happens is that trauma gets, DNA is a funny thing. So epigenetics means that when you have a addiction of something, then it gets passed down hormonally or through genetic code. That's epigenetics. So in your case and mine, I'm with you 100% here. Molestation and the, the ability to draw it unto us has been passed down to us for generations. <clears throat> you and I are curse breakers. So while we have... <clears throat> vibrate at that frequency because it was genetic for us. You, you, we do respect genetics, right? Is, is this, are we just, okay, cool, cool. So me and you didn't vibrate at that frequency by choice, but we must respect that through epigenetics, it was passed to us. And the reason why we broke it it's because we ain't passing it down to nobody else. That shit stops right here. Real talk. You know what I'm saying? So basically, in the one sense that we drew it, we drew it because we didn't have the awareness of the conversation of me and you having right now. Or the know-how, or the knowledge, or be able to say, it stops here because we had so much other people's mud on us when it started, we involuntarily participated. Is that fair? All right. 
So that's that. Some people actually do want those other situations. Sugar wanted it. So did I. So I am both you and Sugar at the same time. Because my reward system got jacked up. See, here's what happened to me. <clears throat> my, so I, got, I became homeless at six, but my, my dad was not only uh, addicted to crack and addicted to alcohol, my dad is in prison right now for molestation. So you got three of these things going on. You got drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and a sexual predator. Is this fair? This is my dad, okay? <clears throat> like, same 13 chromosomes. Biological, I'm saying. Okay, so I got 13 of his chromosomes in me. Okay, now we cool. <clears throat> we talk, but I'm giving this to you as real as I possibly can. My dad trained me into six years old to homeless to be feminine. I'll tell you how. Because he <clears throat> was obviously the man. Now, we're not talking about sexual orientation or preference, okay? So for the, the, I just want to go back to your point earlier, Law, because we're talking about molestation and we still got that problem happening, right? <clears throat> we're talking about, Kiera, CBT. <clears throat> I was awarded for being a soft male because there can only be one hard one in the house. I hope I'm making sense to somebody. All right, I just saw Sugar Face. I was rewarded. If he, we, we were so conditioned, if when he walked in, we looked. Okay, it's, a good, it's gonna be a good day today, right? Because he would determine by his presence if it was gonna be a good day or not. We looked at him, if he laughed, we knew we wouldn't go get beat. Or, you know, like I, I, I can't tell you how many times been physically abused. If he came in with that twitch in his mouth, y'all won't understand what I'm talking about. Some of you will. You, you know what I'm talking about? You can't see it. We, that, that, all right. He was high on crack that day. And if he came in extra smooth or charismatic, whatever you want to call it, that was alcohol. And if he came in aggressive, it was both alcohol and drugs. That twitch, yes. That cocaine twitch, yes. Then we knew we was getting our tails beat down that day. Something was going to break. And what would happen is, is that tension building phase. He would just create that tension and wait for us to do something. He would create this impossible bar that we couldn't meet. And when we didn't meet it, he beat the hell out of us. But my mom was no better. Because she was the real abuser in the house. She was the manipulative abuser that would start the stuff and then hide her hands like she didn't start the stuff. Because the only way that she can love my daddy is when he was hitting her. But I'm too young to process all this. I just know that I'm getting my face beat in a day. This is notice. So how do I grow up? How do I go out there homeless? Why am I so me now? Because I went out six homeless, a feminine man. And from there, like sugar, I attracted 
someone who will come take care of a feminine man. So this is where I differ from Kiera. <clears throat> Wouldn't just epigenetics, that's her side. So receive that, not the other side. You feel me? Not the other side. The other side is my reward system was so jacked up, I was looking for someone to be feminine with. Because I've spent five, six years only being rewarded, Kiera, for being a feminine male. How was I rewarded? I didn't get my face beat in unless I was soft. If I was hard, I got my face beat in. Simple as that. So it's not my intent to say, oh yeah, yeah, you called that, you wanted it. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's an emotionally charged subject, so you know we never gonna agree on emotionally charged subjects. What I am saying is when my reward system got jacked up, I did call that to me. That's period, point blank. And sometimes genetically we call this stuff to us and we don't even know it. We're just fiending for it. So go, go ahead, I'll let you respond if you're actually a therapist and stuff. And I wanted to say something because it, I mm -hmm. felt it in my spirit and then I seen the record button and I don't want people to come behind this class and then they feel like what I was receiving. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. To think that way. So for us to clarify that. And I just wanted to make a comment. Somebody had said something about labeling sexuality. I think it's really important soon that the LGBTQT community comes together with the heterosexuals to have a conversation about that. When we talk about social constructs, they give things meaning. That's why we gave this is evil and this is good, <laughs> you know, but what's evil to one person is good to another. They're all interchangeable, which is why when people started feeling like they were gay or they became it, it became a social construct to make that thing okay. And just to be clear, I have cousins. I've been on the phone all day um, with my cousins. I got three of them who have come out. They are lesbians and they're getting married. And my family is flipping out, tripping, which they got more issues than a little bit. So I don't know why I'm tripping. <laughs> but one of the things that I wanted to bring up about it, I did a lot of dissertations on that type of community and a lot of the, the suicide rates and them trying to come out. And I, I honestly believe it, it goes two ways. I, I was just telling my cousin earlier, I said, listen, I don't care nothing about y'all being gay. I got gay friends. I love gay people. Um, I might try anything once. It's like, oh, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I was explaining to them, I said, there's a difference between when you're eight years old and you feel like you're the opposite sex or that is your energy and that is your vibration versus someone who has been scorned and broken and they transition over for another reason. And when I heard somebody say something about sexuality, the reason why I wanted to comment was because I am a child advocate and I have children that are super confused that's right. and that's not fair. And, and I understand from a homosexual perspective because they have been abused a lot mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and they have risen up. But I find that uh, some of those from that group, they are bullies now. And we have to be mindful because I have some kids that because their parents are gay and that's what they identify with, you got them dressing them up and they don't have a male figure. They didn't have a chance to explore with who they were. So I feel like we have to come together to be advocates for both sides so that, you know, that level of confusion that's... becomes eliminated because these kids are committing suicide. 
And then I got kids that are saying there's something. And then when we discuss it, they're really not. They're hiding from something else. And I feel like these two parties, I, I've seen it. I've seen that um, that community evolve. I'm super happy. I think it's dope. But I think we really need to find some kind of balance, you know, for our communities when it comes to that, because these kids are not understanding that. My son does not understand why he's looking on TV and there's an adult dressing up a child before they're five as the opposite sex. We give social constructs because a penis is a penis and a vagina is a vagina for us to just be able to determine. Mm -hmm. So I understand operating in some energies, but I think it's, it's, it's really, really needed. No, nah, nah, no doubt. No doubt. So I'll address two things in there because the rest you just, I mean, everything you said, you own it, but I'm going to just address two things. I want to define one thing because I don't think people like you, I know you know it, but I don't think everybody else, I know the general public don't know it for sure because I, I could watch my Facebook page and see the ignorance that pops upon it every time, right? <laughs> we do this, and I say this and I get grabbed Reese real quickly, they just tell me she unmuted her mic. The first thing I wanna say is, there is a huge difference between sexual orientation and sexual preference and sexual gender, okay? These are not the same things. This is why there's so much confusion, okay? These are not the same things. I'm gonna use Caitlyn Jenner, that's his name, right? Or, or her name. Okay. Okay. Right? It is Caitlyn. Okay. Cool. A perfect example of this. People would say, well, he should just went be with a man. No, he's not gay. I need you to get them. And I'm using wrong pronouns here, but just, let me just try to hit everybody. He's not gay. That's not, that's not the way that works. He's a woman. I, just, I need you to get this stuff. As far as his mind, he is straight. He was gay his entire marriage. And there is your difference. Sexual preference, sexual orientations are not the same things. I just wanted to find that so you can understand I don't, I don't have to define it, but I'm trying to show you the struggle that she's talking, Kiara's talking about with those kids. So when Kiara said, I got these kids dealing with, and then and she even said, so that some of them are acting out this way and don't even, and, 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 and they finding out there's something else. She's got these kids dealing with sexual orientation. She got them dealing with the nurturing that someone gave them a, a mindset of this. She's got the abuse she's dealing with. Then she's got this whole sexual preference. Then she just got this whole misunderstanding. I'm gonna say understanding. This, I may not be the right orientation. And children can't come out and intellectually say this. So they need a child advocate like Kiara, which is the second thing I wanted to say. Thank you, Kiara, for your service. Because without you, it would get a lot worse. As far as the communication coming together, I don't know if I'm the person qualified to speak on that. They're giving you your props, Carrie. Y'all unmute your mic for a second and give her her props. We're um, talking that I get Reese. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now you ain't got to agree with this. You just need to know she's dealing with it. Like, <laughs> what she's dealing with is not up for your agreeing. Because it's still her reality. It's still muddy over there. She has no, there's no white line, no black line. There are no rules in Kiara's reality. And if you're a big rule follower, you can't do her job. 
All right, go ahead, Reese. Forgive me if I'm being out of line here, but I'd like some clarification on something that she said. Oh, yeah, go ahead. That's the same thing characters do. Which was, you said that you talked to your dad and y'all are cool. So, like, please explain that to me. Oh, yeah, I got you. So, essentially, in 2007, f first up, that's a good question. In 2007, I start fast tracking to who I am today. So, in 2007, I wrote a 28. No, it's like a 28-page letter to my daddy cussing his MF and A out, let me tell you. I cussed this smooth out. Kiara, he caught all that fate. You understand? All that. Look, I went it's in. What? I went in. I, I went in. You mother, you ain't never. And then blah, 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 went in. And I went to go mail that letter and couldn't find it. To this day, I think God just came down, slooped that letter up, Phil, and was like, nope, you're going to mess up your whole destiny with that. Go ahead and <laughs> I'm going to put this up here. I can't find that letter to this day. <laughs> I cussed him out. I'm telling you. I want my letters. <laughs> I cussed him out, Phil. I ain't lying to you. I cussed him out. So once I got it out, I saw something in me. I just wanted to get it out. I didn't know that. I can't rationalize this. I don't have this concept, this rationalization. I just realized, huh, I don't feel like doing this no more. So the next letter I wrote to him that got to him was I told him, this is a one-way conversation, yo. Okay, this is how the conversation start off. Listen, this is a one-way conversation. You can respond if you want to, but this is a one-way conversation. I forgive you. I don't want nothing to do with this weight no more, right? Truth is, I wrote you a 28-page letter. I can't figure out where it's at. <laughs> I let you have it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, real talk. And I went through this whole process. I don't know how long it was. I think it was like a seven-page letter. I went through this whole process to where I just told him, you are too much weight, weight for me to carry. And I can't carry it no more. I'm done, okay? So here's the deal. Since you kept trying to come back for me and you was a dumbass. This is what I told my dad this here, literally, because you did it all the wrong ways. Every time my dad tried to come back for me, he was high, he was drunk, he would do so, he would clean up for like 13 days and he would go back out. He, he gave me them drive by promises. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He gave me them drive by promises and he'd go back out, wouldn't see him again. But he kept trying. He failed miserably, Jerry. But when I juxtaposed my mom and my dad, my mama never came back for me a day in my life, ever. I'm not, there's no judgment, I'm just telling you, never came back. Not broken, not peaceful, not nothing. The only time my mama, my mama came back, I see my mama three times since I was six years old. I'm 39 years old today. Only time she came is when the lady who adopted me paid her $40 to clean the house. So now I'm sitting here, I'm answering your question, Reed. Now, this doesn't make it a right answer. I'm just answering your question, okay? I'm sitting here juxtaposing the two of them, and I got me, juxtaposed needs to set side by side, the two of them, and I got me sitting here in the middle, and I'm going, I can't carry neither one of y'all. 
2007, wrote that letter. I started visiting him in 2008. Just let him say his side, you know, man up, apologize like little it is. Come and find out we got, you know, a lot of stuff in common. I started visiting him in jail because I'm, I'm in Texas. Texas has a lot of jails and he was actually uh, two hours up the street. It wouldn't, it, Texas is big. So it's, you know, two hours up the street, no problem. Now, and then he convinces me, you know, you need to go do the same thing for your mama. So he asked me a question, real talk. He asked me a question. Actually, no, this is just a little bit before. So then I get hold, I, I'm sorry, I get hold of Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen takes me on this thing called Men's Encounter. I hated every bit of it. I feel I hated the hell out of it. I hated every bit of it. The best thing ever happened to me. I hated every bit of it, okay? Best, I always hate the stuff I need, okay? <laughs> I hate every bit of it. And we get in there, and they, it's all these men crying. Look at all you sissies right you know i'm sitting there, you know what i'm saying yeah i am just ignorance just the male toxicity sitting in there to, but man, I'm listen y'all i'm just telling you the toxic me and i'm sitting there in 2012 and then one of the table talk dudes every every table had a table leader there's 200 men in there and, and each table was set with eight people and you had to go around telling your story if you know me for one i'm an introvert first off it's too many people around two it's too many people around. Three, it's too many people around, okay? I need a knife or a gun or something because I got PTSD and it's too many people around, number four. So I'm already lost in the fact that it's too many people around. That's just me and the way my brain is set up. Then we talk, and we out there, and this man says, who hasn't forgiven anybody? And I went, I forgave everybody. And I have. I forgave my dad. I forgave everything. And somebody in them brought up their mama. And I went, holy crap. I forgave my mama, but I never forgave her for not coming back for me. This was June 2000. No, this was September 2012. I swear to God to you, this is exact detail. It's actually chronicalized on Facebook right now. October 20th, 2012, which happens to be my mom's birthday. I had no idea. Didn't even know my mama's birthday until 2012. October 20th is her birthday. I went found her. And I said, Mom... Tell you what, I forgive you. I ain't want nothing to do it. Nothing to do with it. Now, before I tell you what happened, let me tell you what my dad said. Son, I'm so sorry. I apologize, etc. Can you come visit me? Let's talk. I would love to establish a relationship with you. And you don't have to, but I've been having you on my visitation list for years. We talked. Anything I said to him, he took like a man, he handled that. My mom said, I ain't got nothing to apologize for. And right there, I understood one thing. I can't carry these two people. I ain't mad at my mom. I ain't mad at my dad. But I can't carry two people because this is two different responses. And the whole time, as talking, and putting stuff together as an adult, I realized all them stories about my dad being so vicious and animalistic were through the lens of the people my mama gaslighted. Thus is my crazy jacked up life, <laughs> okay? So the reason why me and my dad cool 
because I decide to be cool with him, Reese. So I should have been more specific. Okay. <laughs> well, you have My somebody question. else, though. You have somebody else with that question, though. So you, you pulled more out of me than I've ever said publicly in life. But go ahead, though. Was you specifically stated that he was in jail for molestation. Mm-hmm. So explain to me that line between condoning that and what the value is in you continuing to interact with him and where you see what you see as you not drawing, you not crossing over that line and condoning that. No, well, no doubt. So the last one is real easy. All of them are easy to answer. I will F you up if I see you doing something to a kid. Do you understand? Oh, you, you, you sit this whole holding this down. I'm punching in your face. As a matter of fact, you might not live that day. This, let me just, that's easy to answer. Mess with mine, I burn this whole place down. Let me just tell you. Let me, that's on record. Please, when, when I had to burn this whole place down, please run this back because I meant what I said. That ain't changing no time soon, ever. Okay? It's not going to change because I'm a protector. By very nature, I'm a protector. By very nature, I'm a protector, and I'm gonna always protect the disenfranchised, the weak, right, and all that stuff. So that's gonna happen. So that last one was easy to answer, easy. The second one, you gotta realize, so I didn't find out until later that, so my dad did some questionable stuff, but he's in jail, so there's more details. My, while my dad is in jail for molestation, that's not the way it worked. My dad really went to jail for violating probation. This would happen. My dad went, my, my dad molested my younger sister. Okay? That never happened. That never happened. As a matter of fact, my younger sister just had to admit she just she just went to go see her dad my dad we got the same biological dad the one he was in jail for just had to go see last year and apologize to him for letting him stay in jail for so long okay because we have she has a relative gotta be careful because i'm too famous to be saying stuff has a relative that didn't like my dad and convinced her that she was molested and blah, 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 blah. Right, this is about four or five years old, all this stuff like that. Now, so the charge he has, now this is what happens. Now, Reese, this may be, this is easy to understand if you are black, what I'm about to say next. If you are not black, you're gonna have a difficult time understanding this. We're gonna talk about plea deals and deferred judification and how the system got him. Oh, I think I already know where you're going with this one. All right, there you go. All right. So he went to jail for that, and they released the case on deferred judification, which means we ain't got no evidence. We ain't arrested with no evidence. We can't prove it, but cop a plea deal so I can keep my rate up, you know, my, what you call it, my conviction rate. Uh, cop a plea deal. Well, the problem is 
he went back to Dallas where they say he, you know, did the molestation. And the only witness is five years old. So what do you think they did to him? All right, they shunned him. They did all this stuff. He took it for six months, and then one day, he just couldn't take it no more, and he ran all the way to Galveston. To give you an idea, this is 300 miles away. And that violated his probation. And since he violated his probation, they put him in jail for that. But the way deferred judification comes is whatever you was charged with, that comes back on your record, and you serve that full sentence. And since we had at the time called war on drugs, the mandatory minimum for a felon of drugs with sexual predator is 55 years. Thus, good job Joe Biden, right? Bill Clinton, because that's who championed that bill. So that's what happened there. You got me, Reese? Yep. All right. Now, if my dad, was a predator of children, or maybe he is, maybe he's not. I'll still be cool with him at a distance. You understand? Because I ain't got time to be hating on nobody. But you got me messed up if you think I'm going to let you get away with that. I'm going to break your nose. In Jesus' name. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm going to break your nose. We ain't have that around me. So there you go. That was a good question, Reese. Because when I was saying it, I just had all these details in my head and didn't realize right, I never opened that up. Well, <laughs> I, I guess, I, my, you know, I apologize, but my question still isn't answered. Oh, it's probably not. Because, you, because, all right, so you were talking earlier about how, who, who said this? Um, Something about they have four, four, 44,000 days or whatever. What I want to know is with the valuable time that you have, what is that conversation bringing to you and your people when you interact with him? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now I understand. Well, at the end of the day, we are one. And prison or not, I'm still connected to my dad. I'm named after him. Okay. And still connected. So what adds value, I'm not sure what would add value to the people. I, I don't know how to answer that question. Only because the people will have to determine what value is being added to them. So I don't want to be presumptuous and say, law, I know I got add value to you. Here's how. I don't want to do that. I can't reasonably answer that with a moral conviction, but I can say it adds value to me, Reese, having a relationship with him, and then I become valuable for you. Now that I can say, <clears throat> that I can say, I can say that for sure. And again, let's bring back up, I, I see your hands, I got you, let's bring back up what, it, some this still this blackness still has a deal here because outside of my dad and his dad i have no idea about my genealogy no history we don't we don't grow up that way we don't we're not afforded the opportunities to have these things so for me and in prison right now my dad is well respected 
He is actually the head engineer in prison. He actually pastors a small rotating church in prison because it's the people come and go, right? People come and go. And he's one of the people that gets to walk around without, you know, the shackles and cuffs. And he fixes all the engineer because he was an engineer before he got out. So prison, Darrington unit, actually it's, it's a different unit, unit now, sees him as a respectable man. And I've received nothing but a bunch of letters of a bunch of people who have, because I used I started a, a like a pen pal ministry just to write people in, in prison. And they all have nothing to say but good things about my dad. So there's too much evidence to say that this man is an honorable, respectable man. So I'm not going to stand in the way of that. That's just awareness and growth. And you, and I don't say you, I'm going to say you, y'all, you may not agree with that. That may not be your path. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. But it's also perfectly okay with me to respect him as the people around him respect him. And it adds value to me, which makes me be more valuable to you. That is what I can answer. The other part, I don't know how it adds value to you, Reese, or, or anybody. Oh, I, I no appreciate idea. the answer. You already yeah. added value. And I used to work with prisoners and write letters to prisoners. Oh, cool. So I'm not like removed from, from understanding that. Good. And I don't want to say I was playing devil's advocate. Mm-mm. I just don't want to walk away from a conversation like this with a partial understanding. You know what you, I'm saying? You did me a super favor because it would have been a partial understanding and somebody would have judged me. Like whoever would have disconnected earlier when they watched this later, they'd be like, I hate that guy, right? Because <laughs> they didn't get a chance well, to listen to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you gave me an opportunity to say that. At the end of the day, thank you so much, Reese. Reese is also writing a book about me too for the next five years. The Yeah, I was like, I could have just waited, but let me just ask all this nah. on the call. Nah, you did good. You did good because it adds value to me. To me, a a man should have a father, period, point blank. It adds value to me. And since I feel valuable, then I could be valuable to Kiara. So I know there's a whole bunch of stuff in chat. Let me get Kiara first and then y'all could just free flow however they work. Thank you, Reese. Thank you very much. I loved uh, Reese's question. Yeah, um, I was with a question like that not too long ago. And I tried to explain to people that we are not responsible for the traumas, the victimization that is done to us from other people. We are responsible for healing for, from it on our own. It becomes our responsibility. Even though they did the damnedest things to us, the most damnable things, they walk away with whatever their vibration is, whatever their life is, and we're left torn apart. And some people never come into the realization that you are responsible for your own healing, for your own help, for clearing your own mind. So a couple of, like a month ago, I was hanging out with some therapists and they was about to catch a fade, Antonio. And I was really shocked and I'm starting to find this out. And this is like, I have a movement that is coming about speaking out about things, but they was coming at my neck about healing. And that's what we were talking about. And we were talking about rape and molestation. So one, they had the wrong abuser for my life. Nobody knows who my abusers are. I wouldn't even expose them because I healed. Right. But what I was explaining to them was I went to a funeral and I didn't, I didn't notice that my abuser was right next to me. So when you've had somebody tie you down and lock you up and cover your mouth and, and distraught your body and your mind and your spirit like that, 
when you're not healed, you would have a reaction, especially someone who has PTSD. But I looked over at them and I smiled. Um, and I was explaining to them that there was another abuser as well. I didn't understand how they got on my Facebook. So I was like, I didn't take them off and they snapped. And what was being revealed was their level of brokenness because they had had the mm. experiences as well. And just so happened, my molester mm. and the rapist was a cousin of the ladies that I was with. Mm. And these are mature women that are 10, 15 years older than me. And they were trying to project on me. So they were saying I was trauma bonding. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I said, no, when you heal from something, you uproot it and you pull it out. Right. And there is no judgment because you're free. It doesn't mean you don't have the understanding because one of these guys apparently is still on a rampage with doing stuff to women. It's not yeah. my place to go into that area unless that woman comes to me or unless it's reported to me for me to do something um, because she's a, of age. Exactly. Who's saying that you no longer give it power, but there's a level of judgment. Um, and I know we're not to be judgmental, but an all naturalists. <laughs> well, some <laughs> of this stuff is just observation though. Some of y'all suck. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But even in the Bible, the wisest of counsel were able to judge because yeah. it was necessary for what is good and, you know, what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make that statement um, when it comes in regards to how you dealt with your dad and the decisions that you make, because it's not to people. Some people, I'll say some people, and this doesn't apply to Reese because I don't know her, but some people are still in their broken states that they can't forgive people and they can't heal or recover from. So they can't understand another person. And sometimes it has to be said. So when I openly said that, you know, to this group of women and we were discussing our traumas and, and my healing and how they weren't healed, but they thought they were healed. It really brought about a light where they were able to start on that no journey. Doubt. But yes, we are not responsible for what people do to us, but That's we right. are, regardless of what they do, if they kill our child, mm. if you throw my baby over the balcony and it dies, after that, I either die with that thing or I mm. go through a process of healing and forgiveness because it's not theirs. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's for a level of freedom for me if I'm going to survive and I'm going to ever become whole again and move Thanks. forward. That's 100%. So I just kind of wanted to share that. I'm so glad that you, somebody, Maurice just said, wow, I'm so glad. That, as a matter of fact, I want y'all to mute your mics and clap for this. Pull back into her, because that was, I'm so glad. I got, I got some stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, Yo, buddy. I got some man. stuff to say. Yeah, I got yeah. some stuff to say. Real talk. I got some stuff to say. The First off, what a hell of an environment we have. In the middle of business classes, we can do something like this, right? That, that's number one. That's the first thing I want to say. I was rec recognizing that as Kara was talking because she's like one of our most powerful business students. And here she is, right, giving us the, the bread of life. Uh, immediately, I thought about that. Secondly, I didn't, Reese is an energy healer. So she's one of those people that walks around healing and has experienced great healing. Even if I didn't know that, I would have took offense to her question. No one said that. I'm just clearing it up for everybody else. I would have took offense to her question. Her question gave, listen to what I said. Her question gave me the opportunity to develop some underdeveloped statements I made. And when you are in public like me and talking, and I'm talking to everybody, I'm going to always have underdeveloped statements that people are going to nail me to the cross for. It's impossible not to. I, I talk too much in the public. And then I have certain amounts of time. That's why I typically are very, very strategic about what I'm talking about. But it's impossible not to have somebody say, well, I don't understand what you said about this. I didn't like that. 
because that's the whole point of communication opposing viewpoints you don't communicate if you're not willing to accept opposing viewpoints which is the other thing i want to say now the last thing i want to say to what kiera was saying that's some serious healing when you sit next to your the person who defined your life and they no longer define your life no armpit sweat right no none of that stuff and as a bonus you can't be trauma bond trauma bonding really can only exist inside of an abusive relationship if she does that's really what it's the only place trauma bonding can really exist or or mostly because you know everything has an exception if she didn't even notice she's sitting next to her abuse and that's not an abusive relationship if y'all was going back and forth all the time then yes you would be trauma bonding but the mere fact that they was just air sitting next to you until you looked and then they was a reason for you to smile that's not trauma bonding that's christ consciousness Right? And I don't mean that in the religious way. I just mean that in the awareness way. That's what that is. Trauma bonding exists as a side effect or, or adverse effect inside of a, an abusive relationship. She has no abusive relationship with these people, so there's no reason they should have said that. As she said wisely, they were projecting on her. There you go. Good stuff. Is this some, Deanna, is there some stuff in comments? Because <clears throat> the comments is blowing up. We ain't had chat blow up like this in a long time. <laughs> Welcome to all of you new to us or newer to us. You are family now. You've been here 50,000 years now. That's how we see you. So don't ask to use the restroom. <laughs> Just go on back there and use the restroom. And don't ask to go in the refrigerator. Ain't nobody fix you no plate. Get your butt up and go in there and fix your food yourself. That's how much family you are. All right. You know what the stuff at. Go get it there. Go get that stuff. Shoot, boy. You ain't got no slaves around here. <laughs> That's kind of family you are. Go ahead, Deanna. If there's anything I need to address in the chat or anything you need to uh, highlight. The reason she does that, well, let me use a teaching point. I'm an audible learner more than I am anything else. Even though I can read it myself, I like to be thick quick on my feet and I hear stuff and I can process it faster. Go ahead, Deanna. Ms. Elena pointed out earlier, she said, um, Ms. Elena Balco, she Elena said, and what William? a parent- Is that Elena and William? Is that them too? I think so. We, I, I, I've talked to I, them, if, if I'm I, right, that's the, that's the cooking people that I met through Lanita, if I'm right. I, I, might, I might not be, keep, keep, keep going, keep going. I just try to remember everybody, keep going though. Gotcha. Um, You're right. That's them. Oh, I, I am right. Oh, look at me. All right. All right. Look at me. That was like two years ago. No, that was that was in the hot church. That was in the hot church. Yeah. So how long ago that was? That was in the hot church. All right. Keep going. Keep the going. hot church y'all wanted to stay in, and I wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see. See. Remember, everybody, y'all. Remember, we're, we're almost done. We're gonna go a little bit over. We're almost done. Remember, y'all. Remember, people, and and this universe would pay you for that. Go ahead, Diana. Yeah, and side note, that's the same day we all we also met Josh. He was bringing in pizza as bringing we were in coming. Pizza. In. There you go. There you go. So Elena said, "What a parent has done does not change the automatic love a child has." I was abused as a child, but my love, but love my parents dearly. And then Law said, "There's always two sides to a story." Uh, of course, Phil said, "There's three sides: your side, their side, the real side." 
law put in all caps, you are not your parents' mistakes. Um, going down some more. Everyone was saying how amazing Kiara is. And thank yes. and of course Law said you're welcome. You're welcome for you know <laughs> for the esoteric training. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. This is this is a mission of Law. Law Law's came out of Texas a few times, which recently be his soon. I don't already spoke that into existence. Law's been out here in Texas a few times. And he gets this is what we do in the office. And it, it's typically even, even if it's recorded, you just don't get to see it. I, I don't release it yet. Right? It'll be released like years from now. So this is what we do in the office, and this is what he said. Can we get some of that? So that's why Thursday switched from marketing training to esoteric training. All right, keep going. So yes, yeah, so y'all should thank Law, just like y'all should thank Kieran for the one bit of the weight challenge. Okay, keep going. Kieran um, said that the, the question Reese had was amazing. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry to me. Marie said, man, this is what I've been missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Good to see you back, King, man. Good to see you back. I'm proud of what you've been doing with the real estate companies too, man. Proud of what you've been doing. I've been watching. I've been trying to like and share as much as I could and start watch parties too. You know, I haven't just been lurking. I'm proud of you and, you know, keep doing it because Maurice is actually fit to help me buy a house to the VA here in a little bit. So he's, he's my broker. He's my broker. So shout out to you, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. Okay, keep going, Dale. And then uh, Kara said she can't oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He, he may want to say something. You want to say something, Maurice? No, I was going to say thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you all as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we ended it right now as soon as she finished. Go ahead, Dion. Uh, Kara says she can't wait to use what Phil said about respect with uh, with her clients because that was powerful. And yeah. then Kara brought up uh, the book Toxic Parents. She said it's amazing if you've been jacked up by your parents. Um, you just bought that book, right? Oh, yes. I yes. actually, oh, I actually it. have it, Kara. Thank you. There you go. She took your recommendation. And then she, I did, I did. And from what I've already started reading, I was like, dang, yeah. <laughs> and she also said uh kira also said oh so y'all not gonna invite me i'm coming anyway <laughs> that's good then. good we can use that so that's everything good. in the comments yeah, yeah. Right, question jerry asked you he's picking a scotch did you want one he, that's what he had let me send him a private message too watch this don't forget like, about me yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me see that five minutes in case I find it. Hold on, y'all don't don't leave yet. This gonna, he gonna laugh. When I see oh, this. Kara, Come through, Kara. Kara got her Cavassier. <laughs> Boom! Look, read that, Jerry. All right. Ah! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cavassier. Yeah, yeah. Monica, go try to tell me I need to put the whiskey down. No, I will not. No, I will not. You just give me some sit out, sit up workouts to to burn I these calories off. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, find something else to give up. Oh, okay. You did say that. That's it. I saw that salt of caramel, girl. I saw it. <laughs> we definitely on the same page, Antonio. All right, then. <laughs> 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 yeah, I see. <laughs> same, same thing I told Monica earlier about when we go up there, when I was going to be, I just sit at the jig. <laughs> 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 All right. 
Good stuff. I appreciate y'all. If this has been, if you're reconnecting back, good job. If it's your first time, now you see where we are, Carl, right? And, and, and I'm so, Carl is a retired at, I always, admiral. I, I always had to say it slow. The United States Navy, because it, 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 it's want to say it all in one syllable, admiral or something like that, right? Yeah. Admiral of the United States Navy. He just retired last July. Hey, how long did you serve, Carl? Uh, 35, Man. 35 years. 35 years, United States Navy, Admiral. That's like general. Thank you for law. your service. Yes, yes. General law, okay, they, you, you know, Colonel, General up there somewhere. So I'm, hold on, Carl, what was that, 08? Oh, no, it wasn't 08, let me know, 08. 06? Uh, for what year? No, which uh, you know, like you know, E eight, E six, you were old. Oh. What? Really, I, I thank you for uh, promoting me, but I retired as an O five, which is a criminal lieutenant right. colonel. Yes, O five, O five. Thank 05. you. Yes, you remember I started from senior recruit, from senior recruit E one to O five. All right, so he went from an army talk, non-commissioned officer, to a private to a lieutenant colonel. That's what he did. He did that. So yeah. I, I just want to highlight first, right. Thank you for your service, man. Appreciate you here. Just want to give you your roses while you live. But at the same time, this is the, this is the prestige we have in this university. Y'all. This is the prestige. This is the prestige. I had some good stories where he's um, made an impact with young people as well. That's, That's why he's in the bureau. So on some of those calls, he can be sharing those. And then we also have Molly too, who I was thinking about her, because I think her goal was to just open up a school. So I thought about Ms. Hale and you, Antonio, as well. Good stuff. We could definitely, we'll definitely send her as few few ways as possible. I believe, I saw somebody raise their hand up real quick for, uh, Kara, that's what Kara. Kara raised her hand and then Ms. Shermanda muted earlier today. Well, earlier. I'll grab I grab Shemina right to care. I want to share a testimony, but I want to say something directly to Antonio. I think you were so amazing. I have wrote it in the chat. You were so reverent. Um, I wonder about you. I've had experiences in my life where I had to pull over and put my head down towards my lap, just asking God, how am I alive? Um, how am I not crazy based off my experiences? Um, and I wanted to share something amazing that's happening right now every day for Good. probably the past couple of months. Um, as being connected to ATS. I have stated before, I did not have a tribe. I did not have a people, did not have much family, had to let go of my friends. Loneliness is real. (laughs) And then went on top of purpose and tenacity and entrepreneurship. So to come to ATS and to experience the level of love and compassion um, and patience and understanding, um, I honor you, Antonio. I wanted to share that I'm 33 years old and 33 years, I have seen cars explode in front of my face. I've been raped and been molested. I've been tied up and, and, and just drugged and tortured and placed in dark places where I understand that my psyche should have broke. But for some reason, by the grace of God, I'm really, really grateful for that. So when I continue to hear your story, because I do not know it in its totality, but I'm starting to hear pieces by pieces when I'm on these calls. And I know we are not the only two. I know people who are listening are trying to process and trying to surface, you know, a lot of the things that are going through um, with them. But there is such a level of healing that is coming to us as people if you are open to it, if you are ready for it. 
and I have experienced it and it is like getting high. <laughs> it is better than an orgasm to be at peace and to be healed from certain things, but it is a difficult process. Um, and to heal hurts worse than the hurt that mm. you were given. I just want to put that out there. But I want to tell you guys something about my experience. The most devastating thing in my life was not feeling love. Did not love myself, first of all. So to fall in, in love with myself over the past few years is like getting high as well. <laughs> now, everybody yeah. who ever done drugs know how that high is. You yeah. so cheap. It brings a level of peace to you momentarily. But when you come into the positive part of it, it does something amazing for your psyche. And what I'm experiencing in my community, um, with ATS, with strangers, with people who have been my abusers coming back and apologizing is a mm. level of love and endearment and enticement and support that really in the moments when we go through trauma and we go through hardships, which all of us have, you are in, in a state of brokenness where it's like no one can understand. You could never yeah. understand how you hurt me. <laughs> If you rape me and you take something from me, you'll never understand. If you tie my hands together, you place me in baskets and drag me down steps. Um, just two years ago, my brother's father was murdered. I had to sit next to that, you know, and he was murdered by cops as a paralyzed man. So that's just trauma after trauma after trauma. So to come into this season, it's not about money. And I want to be a millionaire. Um, and I want to say something about that, too, about beliefs. We were talking about beliefs and different things like that. Take your That's time. why we use positive time. affirmations. Positive affirmations work for when you don't believe. Coming to ATS pulled me from wanting to make six figures to saying and proclaiming a millionaire status. But what happened when I made that proclamation, there was some anxiety and there was a level of strain that was coming on my mind and my spirit that I had to deal with. So when I teach my clients about positive affirmations, because everyone seems to have them, but I don't know, think they understand what they're for because they have yeah. so many. When it comes to positive affirmations, you want to draw something and you want to utilize a statement that is in the place of what you don't believe. I did not believe and I could not physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally connect with my proclamation of wanting to be a millionaire. So I had to change my affirmation from I'm going to be a millionaire to God help me believe and myself mm. to become a millionaire. And once I transitioned to that affirmation and I drilled on it, it was like this level of synergy just started to happen and it transitioned and you can't tell me nothing about it. I don't need to know how, I don't need to know when. It is my proclamation, I'm gonna stick with that through dedication. So when you speak about things like the law of attraction and we come on these calls and I watch Phil and Susan, that Phil is bananas, first of all. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how, He's, he reminds me of my, my former pastor's wife, like you're a human Google. How could you possibly contain this much information and you share it so freely? Like that's a level of anointing that you're not going to experience with any type of company, with any type of people. So I just wanted to take that second just to show, uh, just to tell what's amazing happening in my life right now, which is just love. And it's not a sexual love because being abused sexually took me to promiscuity and bad yeah. and toxic relationships. But this is a different type of love. When people yeah. say you helped save my life, you know what I'm saying? When I got family and abusers, just like, I'll do anything for you. I just, you know, you're anointed, you're gifted. I appreciate that. And it brings a level of humility. So when I hear you speak of things like we are servants, I agree. 
<laughs> like I get it, but I don't think your horn is tooted enough in certain areas of your life that just shows how amazing and how great you are. And we feel that and we experience, you know, so you are loved today on today um, as well. And I just wanted to say, I always take from Phil, I see when he says, I love you. I don't say it if I don't mean it. And I love you, Antonio. I love ATS. I love Phil and Susan. I think Phil is my, one of my favorites, Phil and Grace. Honey. <laughs> yeah, I hate to put it like that. And I definitely enjoy these calls. I can't wait to um, sit back over the years and reflect and watch other people come in and gain from our experiences that we're sharing. Yes. Woo! <laughs> yes. I All right now. Okay. Can we put yes. this episode on like Fox News and CNN and so the world can see it? I know that's right. We sure will. <laughs> we sure will. We sure will. We're going to run this episode publicly too. We're going to run this publicly. I'm going to play it today. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Preached it. All right. I I have so much respect for you. So anybody, there's there's something the old man taught me a long time ago. When respected people start respecting you, you're doing something with your life. And I never forgot that. So I I appreciate you. You're a very respected person. And you just said that. So I have no words, but thank you. No words. Thank you very much. Shamander is what Deanna's telling me, and then Susan. And y'all can take your time. We, we're done, so if you got to check out, you can. I just, the spirit is high, and the light is high, so I'm going to let y'all go. It's fine. Shamander, you first, if you were there. And thank y'all for, I mean, this is, this is power pack. This is, y'all showed up today, too. Y'all must, y'all must have sent some extra messages or something. Come on, Shamander. <laughs> All right. How are you all? This has oh, been amazing. I forgot how good your energy is. Every time, you, you know what, you, I, keep, keep going. Let me go, go ahead. <laughs> well, a lot of things have been answered since I um, tried to say something earlier on. But one of the things that I did want to highlight about you being able to, you know, forgive your dad. I grew up in a household where the, the other parent was talked about. Um, and people don't realize that, you know, you, you come from two parents. So you have, you know, two two things running in, you know, your your, your father's seed, um, but you you have that blood of that mother. You have that spirit of two parents. So if a parent is, is teaching you hate, guess what? You're teaching your child to hate a part of themselves. So the importance of, of you being able to have that forgiveness, it also takes the stain of, of negativity away from yourself. So it's important that, you know, you always teach, you know, the love, forgiveness. Yes, does it mean that we agree or are, um, are in unity with what someone else has done? No, but it is important to, you know, something that I, I pride at my. Did she just drop off? Oh dear, oh, she okay. did. I don't oh, think she so. Just off. Okay. Well, I can tell you, my sister Shamanda is a beautiful, beautiful lady. And she, she she has been through so much, and she suffers from so much pain every day. And I check in on her about every day, see how she's doing. But she's a beautiful soul. And I just wanted to um, go back to my dear brother um, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. 
Um, he taught me so much. Um, he encouraged me. He pushed me well beyond and stressed the importance of education. He made sure that I went to college and he sent me money, you know, throughout my time because I would get $40 a month. You know, this is back in the 70s from my dad and I was supposed to live on that. And my brother would send me a little bit of money. Um, but he, he taught me so much. He, he was so beloved. People still miss him so much. Um, and he passed away seven years ago. And I miss him every single day. But I just want to give him the honor due. And he would love that I am continuing with education with the university right now. That would wow. just mean, mean a lot to him. And I want to end with something that is above my kitchen sink that's his, that he, he had framed. And it's under the cover of the stars, under the cover of the sun, fermented into eternity, there lies a precious moment of time called life. Wow. Wow, that's deep. I had no idea. Yeah, that was deep. I, had, I, I didn't. I didn't remember that he was. He was gone. I, I didn't remember that. I, I think you said that before, but I think this is the first time it actually sat in my recollection. So definitely, Phil, you want to say something here, and then I'm gonna get Shamanda to come back in, and then yeah, we'll, um, yes, sir. <laughs> what a group of people do we have. Um. I had the honor once to pick up Robert Schuler at the airport. As he came off the plane, I went up to him and I said, uh, Dr. Schuler, may I carry your bags? And he said, sure. And he said, you know, Phil, I didn't used to let people carry my bags because I didn't want them to think that I was bigger than that. But then I realized I was denying them the opportunity to serve. And then he said to me, and I think this could be appropriate to what's happened here today, you don't know how heavy your baggage is until you don't have to carry it anymore. That is very appropriate for the day. My mom and dad were way too heavy for me. Now I coexist with them in harmony. I do not carry them anymore. I co-create with them, that is all. Shamanda, if you want to jump back in, your phone had cut out on you. Sorry about that. I have no nah, idea what happened. Just it, shut down. <laughs> you know what? It's all good. It's all good. Go ahead. Yes. Well, I, I think where I was, I was saying how I prided myself and made sure that I never talked negatively about my kid's father. Um, because as a kid, I, I had an innate um, understanding of what it was doing to me as a child. And there were things that took place in my childhood. And I've always been able to just kind of work things out in the brain while things are going on. Some things I would shut down on, but it always remained there. But I, I prided myself on never saying nothing negative about him because I never wanted my kids to feel that a part of them was incomplete or, 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 you know, bad. And, and in what you did was being able to forgive your, your father, um, forgive your mother, talk to them, you know, is being able that, that was the healing to say that, you know what, 
I'm fine the way I am and I'm growing and going in the forward direction that I need to go. And we all know that everybody is flawed. There is no perfect human being on this earth. Her, broken people break free people, you know, in the process. Um, and, and where we're healed, we can also see that others can be healed. You have to always know, I don't care what the circumstance is. Person can do something, but you know what? If they live through it, God can bring them on the other side, just like he's done for you and me. And your God may be different from my God, but it's all focused in the, the, the uh, process, process of being better. Okay, so that was one thing that I wanted to say from earlier on that people really need to realize you, true enough, we're not forgiving them for them, but for ourselves. But in actuality, if you are a part of them, that's your blood in you. If you see negativity in them, you're always going to see negativity in yourself. So you have to, you know, work through that process to say, you know what? They're going to be fine. They're going to find their way. I'm going to believe and trust that they can, you know, get through this just like I'm getting through in life. And, you know, we're perfected as we walk as we walk this walk out. And I don't believe no one is perfected until they leave this earth. That was one one part of it. And good. then on the other hand, I um, was like I said, certain things were answered. But what I went back to and I was thinking, you know, a lot of things. We're processing and evolving in our thought process in this world as we go along um, and how we, you know, see marriage. You know, when you think of Africans, they can marry two, three, four, five, you know, ten people as long as they have the money to take care of them. And, and it's oftentimes people right there within the family, they, they take that and, and that's their life. And guess what? No one looks at that um, as polygamy or whatever in that country, but over here. You know, we look at it a certain way, and most women would say, and I could never share my husband, but they co-wife and co-this and that over in there and have beautiful, you know, families and beautiful lives. So our thought processes have evolved depending on where we've gone. And I say, you know, back in the Bible days, they killed the children and everything else. God would say, wipe them all out. So, you know, we're almost like animals, everybody everything. Um, but it's just we're intelligent beings that we have um, learned to write things down and, and take things to another uh, another state. So um, with that, my thing is we, we have all been taught something along the way based on what the person before us or the people before us creating the laws or what have you did um, have, have determined that it should be. So with that, it's just knowing that we've all come from animalistic um, you know, places, and just over time, things continue to evolve on how we want to see our society, um, and what we we deem as as right is based on where we landed. We're over here in this Western society, so Western society looks at things totally different than when you look on, you know, over in the Eastern world and how they do things. So it's just. That's it's one true. of those things that I I look at this this conversation and I'm like you know it's just so many things that we can look at and you know stop being so hard on ourselves stop yeah. being so hard on other people we're all you know in this thing no one wants to be on the on the bad side but everyone has had some type of pain some type of hurt and 
the fact that we can come together in a group like this means that, you know what, we're meant to be the light for those that may not have connected with people that are, are able to lift them and, and bring them up and help them see a better way. So everybody, I don't care if you're the mama, daddy, sister, brother, the rapist, the, 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 the killer, I don't care if they're living, if we're living, there's purpose and there's a plan for us. And if we, you know, with our stories can bring this thing forth in love, guess what? You're going to help this world evolve into a more loving place. And, I mean, this this was a very powerful um, discussion, and, and I'm glad I was able to get on today and know that this was taking place um, because it just stirs up things that my mind is always working through things because of what I've gone through. And we just need to know that we just need to love. I don't care. Everybody is broken. Everybody has had something. No one is perfect. If they tell you they are, they're lying. They're hiding it. You know, the, the thing is, is to be able to talk about it, free yourself, and say, you know what? I'm going to the place that I, I have destined and, and what I can see ahead for me. And if you want to go with me, come on. But if not, it's okay. You know, I'm going to keep going. But if you decide at some point, to jump on, that's okay too. But just keep it moving in love. It's, it's This is a love journey and we're here to be the light and I, I'm thankful to be a part um, of this journey. And I thank you all. Antonio, thank you. this, this yes, was ma'am. amazing. This is really, you. really beautiful. So, hey, that's all I have to say. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm going to say something to Kara real quick and I'm going to get to Molly and then we're out of here. Carrie, you said something I've never heard before in my entire life, and it punched me in the gut, something powerful. You said the healing hurts more than the pain. You ain't lying. Can you do us a favor, the world, and can you make that a course or some flagship program that you teach? Because nobody can have that light but you. I've never heard that before in my life. And you are right. You are right. The healing hurts more than the hurt itself. That is facts. Let me tell you something, sir. You know, you know firsthand I was angry. Yeah, that healing process, you and Shannon punched me in the face that day. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's your flagship. You know how you know how Lisa Nichols is abundance life or abundance now or something? That's your flagship program telling you it's a can you feel my energy there's some energy on that that you need to push out there here i'm trying to type okay all right. there's some energy i don't to be alarmed about my anointing because i had a little bit of kvassia because so i, I ain't mad at you i ain't mad at you i will give me some right after this call that's been in my spirit and that's already one of my content things that even god showed me once you start to open up your mouth with your content i'll provide you a better audience Mm. Uh, so that was already in my spirit so i'm excited about doing that and i feel like because you said that i now have to honor it quickly absolutely thank you so much i, I that hit me i've been thinking about it the whole time every time everybody's been talking i've been saying you you said that and you just said it and it kept going and i but I, I heard it time slowed for me when you said it 
That some somebody said yes, I wrote a whole book on. <laughs> yeah, why well, use my pain to help others? I understand. So good can job, Carol. Can you repeat that quote again that Carol said? The, the, the way I remember it, she said, "The healing hurts more than the hurt." And the pain. Or and the, the pain. Than the, the pain. pain. Yes, yeah, she said one 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 of the one of the, the, the other. It hurts pain. more than the pain, and that's facts. God dog it. I did not easily forgive my dad. Do you understand? <laughs> oh, I didn't forgive today. No, that is not the way it worked out. I told you I cussed him out for 28 pages, Kiara. He got all that cussing. You understand? <laughs> you one to my mom she <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, God came down and was like, God, give me that letter. He ain't going to send that out. And Law said, mm-hmm. they got his, though. <laughs> they got his. Go ahead, Damali. It's a pleasure to meet you. I keep hearing it's great me. things about you. I do, I do, and Monica has taken a liking to you, so you must be great. So it's a pleasure. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. You got the floor. No, I am just really excited to be here. I, this is so on time for me. I have I started a journey of getting to know myself and healing about a, a year and a half ago, and now I'm to the point to where I like I know some of the, the things that I need to work on. It's just how do I work on them? And I've been trying to like ad hoc, figure out things, listen to videos and YouTube or whatever. And this is just in line with everything. Everything. It's my personal growth goals, my business goals. I feel like this is just a treasure, a treasure, like a a huge blessing to be a part of ATS. So I'm really excited. And everything that was taught today was just so on point. Writing my little old laundry all in there. Right, you know, <laughs> you know, it, was, it was really amazing. Look, you got to be excited because I appreciate you. You got to be excited because I've been I've been playing around with a hashtag that, and I kept saying, "Nah, man, that's the, you can't you can't do that. That's too arrogant. You can't do that." And you just said it, and you just showed me. I've been wanting to say, "Don't need TV, just ATS," or "Don't need college, just ATS." I've been wanting to say that for a long time, and you just said that. Yes, you did. So you just you just confirmed for me, and it wasn't arrogant. It was the universe talking to me. So there it is. I yeah, appreciate you. And even just and even the little things that I've learned, just yeah. the stuff that I've ad hoc. It's like it's become so apparently. It's just been become so clear that this stuff has to be taught. It does when they're young, which is one mm. of the reasons why I want a school because I feel like beyond the academics, we have to do so much more with the character development and the, and the development of will and purpose in our kids so that they're yeah. not trying to figure it out as an adult. So I, I just think this is just perfect. You ain't lying, you ain't lying. So let me give you my closing thoughts, you know. This was, this was called the thoughts of manif- you know, the truth about manifestation. Let me give you my closing thought. There is no God. There is a God. That's not what I'm saying. Like, don't, don't like spit venom at me. There is no God. There is no entity. There is no church. There is no mom. There's nothing outside of you determining how much you get to get. That's you. You are the only entity on earth determining how much you get to get. Just you. If you believe in God, you already know your God said you can have anything. You're, so this, this shouldn't even be a discussion, but apparently we got to have this discussion. Experience 
is manifestation. For the last hour and a half, two hours and a half, excuse me, all of you have manifested this energy and gone on out there and manifest anything equivalent to this energy, every dollar amount, every relationship, every hug, every kiss, every new house, because there's so much healing that just happened here today that mansions can't even contain the energy that happened on this call. So if you want a mansion, run it with this energy. Just expect that the opposite of this energy is also finding you right now. Don't get upset. Don't worry about it. It is only there so you can have your tribe, as Kiara said, because without that darkness Kiara had to go through, she could not appreciate ATS to its fullest. She needed the loneliness to know no one suffers alone. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plant better, you can dominate. Thank you, everybody. This was wonderful. This was wonderful. Yes. Yes, yes. Shaker awesome. says it's truly been a unique, truly been a unique huddle for your presence with him. He's in India. It's, it's past midnight over there. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good one. Hey, everybody. It's Antonio T. Smith Jr., and I'm excited to be with you. And I want to take this opportunity to tell you what you get, what this pathbender is about. Can you really change your life? Can I change your life? Can you bend your path? And I want to talk about four things that help you understand how I've come up with pathbender and how the idea of actually bending your path it's not only realistic, but it's realistic for you. The first thing I want to tell you is I can't teach you anything because you already know everything. There is something so different about you. Something about you is so fundamentally different that if I disassemble you and put you back together, you won't have life. You don't work like the cameras recording me or the lights around the studio. Something about you is different. So if you hear me say anything in these four things that I wanna tell you, the first one being you already know everything, if it feels like you're remembering, if it feels good to your soul, if it feels well with your being, that is how you know it is true. And the first thing that I'm telling you, it is true that you know what I'm about to say. You've just forgotten. There are distortions over you and these truths that have escaped you are finding their ways back to you. And I am just your guide back to your compass. It's the first thing. So in truth, something about you understands you can bend your path. Maybe you haven't thought of it 
or maybe you've been thinking about it and now it is here. And it is my most gracious honor to be the person you're listening to and to be the soul that's intertwined with your destiny. The second thing I want to tell you is the principle Wu Wei. You find it in the Tao, Taoism. It is this idea of not forcing anything. My friends, life is not a life of manipulation. It's more of a life of meditation. Manifestation does not go hand in hand with manipulation. And if you are forcing your path, you're on the wrong path. If things are not coming to you in the fastest, quickest, most harmonious way possible, if your life seems as if you are swimming up a stream, going against the grain, flowing through cement, if you have money, but no well relationships, or you have well relationships, but no money, if you are spiritual, but broke, and if you are religious, but can't make ends meet, you are manipulating your current path. You're not bending it to your will. Pathbender is a concept I've come up with. I am a big fan of the Wachowskis. And my favorite movie by them is Cloud Atlas. My second favorite movie now is The Matrix, which was my first, but now. And at the end of The Matrix part one, Neo bends reality to himself after he believes. And that's, that's basically the premise of Pathbender. The truth is, that's not science fiction. The idea of bending your path has been here for millennia. Bruce Lee told you, be like water, my friend. This is what it is, okay? I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. And all these things are important. So this idea of Wu Wei is about you not forcing. And Pathbender is you finding your own path and you're not forcing the events you want. You're not manipulating the events you want. You are creating the events you want. You are the greatest creator to ever live on this planet and no one can create better than you, not now or ever. The third thing I wanna tell you, and this may come as an offensive shock to some, but you are God. Uh, you are this life-giving force. And I want you to think about it. You're the only species on this planet that can create something out of nothing. For, the, for theologians, way back in antiquity, there's a Latin phrase called 
ex nihilo. It is a phrase that means out of nothing and how God created this world ex nihilo, out of nothing. And the only life force on this planet that can take nothing and then make a masterpiece is God. But you've been doing that since the day you've been born. Take a piece of paper that has nothing there and out of nothing. J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter. Robert Greene wrote 48 Laws of Power. Out of nothing. The Steven Spielberg produced movies out of nothing. This Denzel create characters that we remember forever. This idea of out of nothing. And you're the only one who can do that. Goldfish can't. Lions cannot. Just humans. You are God. You can find that in Christian texts in which in the book of Mark, the writer exclaims a question by the disciples as they turn towards Jesus and they ask, what manner of man is this? that even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, this isn't Christian only thing. You don't have to be Christian, Jew, Muslim to get this. The writer is explaining that even the people, the ascended master Jesus was with on a daily basis had no idea who he was. He was not a man. He was God in man's flesh. And I say the same thing to you. You're not a man. You're not a woman. You perform miracles on a daily basis. What manner of man are you that even blank pieces of paper respect your creative power? And the last thing I want to tell you this pathbender is about becoming a force, a force to be reckoned with. Scientifically, there's a formula for force. You can look it up yourself. Force equals mass times acceleration. We, we must talk for a little bit. In order to become a force, you need mass multiplied by acceleration. In order for you to become a force, you need energy in one place over and over to become multiplied by the acceleration, the speeding up of something to become a force. Say it again. In order to become a force, Einstein says all mass is energy in one place times the speed of light twice. You know that as E equals MC squared. Einstein 
scientifically understood and explained to us that mass is simply thought idea over and over and over a thought what is the greatest form of energy thought energy a thought over and over and over moving at the speed of light twice squared over and over in one place and once you keep putting energy in one place in one place in one place in one place the energy ceases to be something invisible and becomes a tangible piece of matter this is why it's hard to destroy something that exists energy can never be created and it can never be destroyed first law of thermodynamics because once you put energy in a place over and over and over and over again it takes infinity to destroy what has been created so in order to become a force someone like me must teach you how to put your energy harness your energy into one place over and over and over until it becomes something tangible. And in truth, you have been doing this your entire life. You just haven't been doing it deliberately for your benefit. But everything around you is your thought energy manifested into physical form. The second part of this equation, acceleration, is the idea that when you get this piece of matter and you believe in it so much you see it so much it is so it is so tangible that it gains its own speed and then you put speed on top of that speed because everything in the world is in motion already in vibration so this idea of acceleration is this idea that the more you speed what you created up when you multiply that by what you created, you become a force. It's the basis of Pathbender. Mass times acceleration equals force. And many of you are attempting to become a force on this planet, but the problem is you haven't attracted someone like me yet to teach you how to deliberately create the mass you want in your life and how to deliberately accelerate that so you can be a force. Be like water, my friends. You can go to the event page and catch all of what's included. But I wanted to stand before you and tell you about the intent. I wanted you to feel my energy. I wanted you to see my face. Energy doesn't lie. If you believe like I believe, if there is something about you right now that I am awakening, we are at the same vibration, consider. I wanted you to catch my energy and I wanted you to know that your time is here and you have the power to bend your reality. Join me. Become a pathbender. I've been looking for you. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can 
دامنه‌ای